Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. To talk about the value of running backs, the state that we find ourselves in how we look at running backs, and uh, Giants, Jets, the NFL, all things, we bring in Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I want to put out here as a a couple of ground rules for this conversation so people understand. (laughs) So first of all, on my part, I'm going to say this. One, I really enjoy your writing. Um, I admire your coverage, and I enjoy mixing it up on social media with you. So that's point one um, as context. Two, which I want us to get into before we sort of probably end up on different sides of what the Giants should pay um, Saquon Barkley and where this may go. But um, I also want to talk to you about and put out some of these numbers and try and understand if there is a solution. So giving people background, let's talk about the way running backs, number one running backs, are valued in today's NFL, because I think that that is good context for this discussion where you have teams looking and saying, I'm just going to pay what the going rate is, and you have running backs, and it's not just Saquon Barkley, but Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing this past year, is sitting there in the same situation with the Las Vegas Raiders with no contract, also on the franchise tender. And so... um, Why don't you start off by talking about, and let's give some context for the running back position and how it has been um, devalued by teams over time. Yeah, I mean, so what happened is about three years ago, teams decided that uh, running back, they saw Todd Gurley's contract blow up, uh, become a disaster. They saw Ezekiel Elliott's contract quickly become not a good one, uh, and maybe one or two others. And they decided, well, maybe we shouldn't pay running backs. But they keep drafting them really high. They keep using first-round picks and second-round picks on them. So that's a total, um, you know, a dichotomy there. They're total. They're speaking at a one end of the mouth in free agency and then the other in the draft. Well, let me stop uh, so you that- there for a second and just say then, from the team and a more, let's say, um, front office um, perspective, I use, let's say, the Seattle Seahawks, whether you like their approach or not, as an example. They're a team that drafts running backs um, frequently at a high level. Wouldn't a GM then say... Um, because I think that running backs are more likely to break down, 
Um, and because I think offensive lines are important, and therefore I don't want to spend um, a lot of my salary cap on running backs, I, I understand what you're saying, and it does seem a little hypocritical, but for some of those teams, would it make sense to just keep drafting running backs, let's say, you know, every few years and then not paying the second contract of a guy that you're afraid is going to get injured? Sure, but that's not the Isaiah Pacheco, anybody can be a running back, Ahmad Bradshaw argument that people want to make. The Seahawks picked Rashad Penny in the first round, Kenneth Walker in the second round, and Zach Charbonnet in the second round. And generally speaking, if you don't re-sign your first round pick to a second contract at any position, it's looked at as a bad first round pick. So, again, I still feel like it's talking out of both sides of your mouth. Then the so then came so that's the wave one, of yeah that's one argument is that you and you're right you have teams like the Seahawks who are doing that then you do have you raised um, Isaiah Pacheco as an example then you have teams like the um, you know like the Chiefs who would say well we tried it with um, Edwards Hilaire and uh, we drafted a running back in the first round and yet our seventh rounder um, the you know out of Rutgers beat him out last season. And you know what I would say to that? You are absolutely right. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Travis Kelsey. At the time, you had uh, Tyreek Hill. You don't need a running back. Like, yes, devalue. Well, last running season back. they didn't have. Yeah, they didn't have Tyreek playing for them. But I said they had Tyreek when they had Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Like, you don't need a running back. Like, draft offensive linemen who can who can block for Patrick and block for whoever your running back is and. Take let Kelsey be a receiver so he doesn't have to inline block. And totally, by all means, if the Bengals want to cut Joe Mixon and just throw the ball 60 times with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, absolutely, totally understand it. If that's how you're built, go for it. That's not the Giants. It's not the Titans. It's not a bunch of these teams that think they can devalue their running back. Well, the Titans are not devaluing the running back in that they have Derrick Henry. They've built their whole team. They're actually a case in point of building your team around a running back, and it feels like having a ceiling um, of there's only so far that you can go with that. Um, and, the, and the argument would be in today's NFL that, you know, to win a, to win a Super Bowl, you're going to do it with um, – you know, passing the ball more than 50% of the time. And then even, you know, you look at a team like the Eagles as an example, that the goal is to put the resources into, let's say, your offensive line. And then in the case of Miles Sanders, a guy who rushes for over 1,200 yards, and then they're happy to move on from him and don't want to pay him even $6 million a year, they'll just go get the next guy and do running back by committee. Does it, is that a better use of resources under, it's not fair for running backs as, as human beings, but is that a better use if you, if you personally, Ryan, were advising an NFL GM? Well, if I was starting from scratch, yeah, sure. If I was like starting a new NFL team, yeah, but that's not what happened here. Like, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, the, the ship has sailed. You used the first-round pick on Josh Jacobs. You're the Giants. You built your team around Saquon Barkley, and you had five years to find a receiver or an offensive line that was better that could say, you know what, we're just going to throw the ball to this guy all the time, or we're just going to plug in any running back because we have, you know, 
an offensive line that rivals the Schnee O'Hara days. You don't have either of those. You waited five years, and your running back still your best player. So the same people who don't want to pay the running back are going to be the same people who in January are like, whoa, we went from an 11-win team to a 7-win team? That's unacceptable. What happened? Well, what happened is you didn't pay your best player. Well, so wouldn't a few things there. Um, when you say you waited five years and Saquon Barkley is still your best offensive um, weapon, um, the you there being John Mara, um, that would be ownership. Because the current you of decision-making for the Giants then would be Joe Shane and Brian Dable. They've had one year, and in that one year, um, while Saquon Barkley obviously was a huge part of the offense, they also did bring the quarterback around. They also did it with, um, frankly, I mean, you're right. The, the Giants had, you know, really subpar um, offensive playmakers. They they tried to upgrade it. I think they did in the um, in the off season. We'll see where this offense goes, and is it more, uh, you know, more balanced with some more weapons? But you know, isn't it essentially? Drafting the fact that the Giants five years ago drafted a running back number two overall to then have a second contract with a lot of money behind it to a position that other teams are not, um, you know, putting you're almost negotiating against yourself. Um, isn't that essentially a sunk cost? They already drafted him number one, you know, years ago. That happened. What's the motivation if you were the Giants to do anything other than keep him on the franchise tag? Well, that's, so that's a couple different questions. Number one, yeah, that's sunk cost. But again, unless you're willing to pay as ownership, as GM, as head coach in a league where you go from safe to on the hot seat very, very quickly unless you're willing as a fan to take a huge step back, that's your motivation for the second contract is, well, we were good last year. We're, we were terrible for five, nine of the last 10 years, five straight years. We're going to now go back to being a non-playoff contender. That's the motivation for the second contract. And what was the, what was the other question there, Lori? Remind me. Um, well, let's just say is if you are um... – if you're Joe Shane and Brian Dable, um, oh, the motivation for not put no, there really is not. no. I mean, from there, that they have all the leverage. That's why there really isn't negotiations happening for the last couple of weeks. That's why I, whatever I say, eighty percent sure that nothing's going to get done later today. Like there really is no motivation for them uh, to get anything done. I guess you could say the motivation is. You know, you don't want to have an upset star player. You want to set a tone for your locker room that everybody's watching. Like, Saquon's the most popular guy on the team. And a bunch of guys are looking at contracts and they're saying, hey, this guy says all the right things, signs autographs for kids. He was our man of the year. They say that once a giant, always a giant. They say they take care of us. And then our guy is up and he doesn't get a contract. Well, when I'm up, why do I think they're going to take care of me? That would be the motivation, is the intrinsic message sending to the locker room that the most popular guy in the locker room, in the building, with the owner, with the fans, doesn't get taken care of. 
that's the only motivation to do it from a strictly business standpoint. There's no, if you're running a video game or fantasy football, there's no reason to do it. If Saquon Barkley were a free agent this past winter, um, given the state of how running backs are being valued in the league, um, what sort of contract do you actually think, you know, reasonably he would have gotten? That's a great question. My sources tell me there were, now remember, you can't, technically tamper with these guys, but we all know what happens, right? right. So yep. my my sources tell me that there were six teams that it said they were that they planned to make an offer to Saquon Barkley if he reached free agency. And then he got tagged six minutes before the tag deadline. So if six teams were really going to make an offer, then I would think he was going to get a pretty strong offer if they were going to be bidding against each other. What do I think he would have got? Uh, I think he would have got something probably in line with the last group of running backs. And now maybe that is uh, naive. Maybe that uh, team that did that would have been like, oh, wow, we made a mistake because three weeks after we did that, you know, uh, look at Miles Sanders' contract and look at – you know, Zeke got caught and Dalvin got well, that's caught. That's I was about to say. Zeke- Dalvin Cook, whether you think Saquon, um, you know, is, you know, may- whether you like Saquon but To answer your question, I think he would have got, got 12 to $13 because that's what Cook and Kamara and the, uh, Nick Chubb, that's what the last wave of running backs got. So I think that's what he would have got, 12 to $13 million. Dalvin Cook um, got cut by the Minnesota Vikings, is sitting out there and available. Um, you know, with a running back like that sitting out there and available, I, I guess actually, and there are even some rumors that he might, that the Jets might be interested. Are you hearing anything there with the Jets? Uh, from asking around the league, my thought is the Jets are kind of getting used and being happy to be used. The feeling is that he wants to go to the Dolphins and he wants the Jets to drive up the price for the Dolphins and the Jets are more than happy to drive up the price for the Dolphins because they want the Dolphins to spend as much money as possible so they have less money to do other places. I think, yeah, I think if it's a, the price is right and the fit is right, the Jets could jump in. But I think he wants the Dolphins the Jets are okay with losing him to the Dolphins. That's what I think happened. And we can't compare Dalvin. It's not fair, Laurie, to compare Dalvin Cook right now being a free agent to what a free when teams have the most money in March and they're trying to find playmakers, what they give. Let's just – I know it's kind of apples to oranges, but when James Bradbury was cut last year, he had to settle for much right. less right. in June than he got to re-sign with the Eagles this year because that was March when teams are more flush with money. Yeah, so here's the problem that I think Saquon Barkley has, it seems obvious to me, is that, you know, I'm sitting here with a chart um, from SpotTrack just looking at the franchise tag and how it has evolved over time by position. And if we go back to 2013 and we just say 10 years ago, so 10 years ago, um, quarterbacks franchise tag was 14.8, so almost $15 million. Um, and if we look at it, you know, wide receivers were 10, five, um, you know, cornerbacks, 10, eight offensive linemen, nine, eight, you know, and running backs were eight, two. So they were right there in the, you know, once, you know, quarterbacks aside, they were right there in the same vicinity 
as a bunch of these other top positions, and they were uh, ahead of tight ends. They were ahead of safeties. They were, you know, valued more than these other positions. Now fast forward 10 years, and we can see this evolve over time, but running back is now the least valuable uh, position in the entire NFL, not including special teamers. Um, So... This is where we've gotten, and I think you and I... But then the Falcons want to draft Bijan Robinson 8, and the Lions want to draft Jameer Gibbs 12. So what's going to happen in 2027 when those guys are up for contracts? They're not going to get paid, or they're going to get paid because you don't want to waste the number 8 pick? I, so, I think I think that what will happen in, uh, is that they'll probably get franchised. If nothing radical changes, then depending on how you know tough negotiators or how uh, those franchises are using their cap space um, and their money, if they're not bidding against each other, the wise move, as long as this franchise tag is as low as it is, the That's smart it. move is that I think those players will get – if they are healthy and healthy enough to play for a second contract, then smart franchises will, will franchise tag them two years, at which point they'll be older and you know they'll have to take what they can get, which leads me to the question for you then is – I struggle with this. Is the new collective bargaining agreement I don't think comes up again until 2030. If you're, you're the, right. If you're the Players Association – what and player agents what do you do about this situation because if you don't change it it's sort of like major league baseball and if you don't um limit the shift then we can all complain or we don't in- institute a pitch clock we can all complain about baseball but you have to legislate certain things if you want to change behavior otherwise you know in the case of the shift for instance analytically driven teams will go for an extreme shift which will be Perhaps boring to watch, but that's the game, so you're stupid not to do it. And in this case, it's the same with running backs. If you're an NFL franchise, you're stupid to pay when everybody else and the going rate, you're negotiating against yourself. If you're overpaying running backs versus everybody else, you are not maximizing how you use use your cap space. But but the flip side of it is I get that if I'm a if if I were the family of a running back, it's not fair that these guys are such a huge part of the offense of these teams, taking so much wear and tear, and then not getting paid for it. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I can't worry about what the CBA is going to look like in eight so years. How would you fix uh, it then? What would you do? I don't know. I mean, I have seven years to. I have seven years to figure. I, and to be honest, I don't think they're going to do much. I mean, they're not going to worry about, you know, what amounts to one eleven, one twenty second of their players. They're not really going to worry about that. Like they have twenty, you know, they. Have I hear 90%. you. I just feel like if I'm the union, this is enough of an issue. Well, they, they have eight years to figure that out. They'll have a, you know, they already have a new director. Who knows what the union will look like, and who knows what the legal will look like? They might be playing touch football in eight years. So. Um, if they don't fix to, it, if they don't fix it, if they don't fix it, if they don't mandate something, if they don't change it, as you said, if you were starting from scratch and building a team, if you were a brand new GM coming in and you're inheriting somebody else's players, but you're in a rebuild and you're building your team, you're not 
you're not investing. You're not building around a running back right now and using those resources and paying that guy that much money, are you? Well, the better. Those are two different things. If I'm if I'm an expansion team, I'm not. If I'm Joe Shane and I'm inheriting somebody's team, then I am because I just won 11 games and I'm not going to 10 games. I'm not going to go backwards by letting go of my best player, whether he was inherited or not. So, um, look, if the Giants won four games last year, I think probably they would have. This would have been a divorce by now. But he was the driving force behind the revival of last. Well, him and the coaching staff were the revival of the franchise last year. It's a very hard sell, I think, to a lot of fans to say, okay, we're, we're going to go. What's the offense, Lori, if he sits out? What's the offense? RPOs with Daniel Jones and Matt Brieta? I can tell you I talked to a linebacker coach yesterday who said if they want to run an RPO without Saquon, Daniel Jones will get stuffed at the line of scrimmage every time. I dare you to hand the ball off to anybody else. I think that the offense is going to be more predicated on a a passing game this year. I think it's going to be built around Waller a lot. Um, So the knock on Saquon is he's hurt too much. But Darren Waller's Mr. Healthy? I mean, he's missed 14 games the last year. So Saquon is too hurt to be the focal point. Darren Waller isn't? He's not Mr. I also think, you know, um, again, another guy who I know has an injury history but played healthily last year. But I I actually think I'm very intrigued to see what they do with Paris Campbell. I think that's an intriguing option to add to this offense. So I think they've added weapons. I also think with their schedule, um, the Giants will take a uh, a half-step back this year so I'm actually you know what they won nine last year with a tie um I think with this schedule I think that's going to be difficult to uh to replicate and the concern I think is you sign Saquon Barkley for guaranteed money um for a player who you know in 2020 uh, 2020 he played two games has had injuries in 2019 2020 and 2021 and you know, do you want on a second contract? You mentioned Todd Gurley. Like, do you want to be that team that has a or or Ezekiel Elliott that's sitting there with guaranteed money um, in the years to come? When you're, I think I think uh, Brian Dable's philosophy is to build an offense around the passing game. So, I, I think that's where I they're just, at. I, I can't mention Zeke. I just don't think it's fair to mention Zeke. And Gurley, without saying it worked out pretty well for Nick Chubb. The Vikings got four Pro Bowl years out of Dalvin Cook. The, it worked out pretty well for Alvin Kamara and the Saints. Like, yeah, they didn't win Super Bowls because they don't have Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's who wins Super Bowls. Joe right. Burrow. So I think, Those are, I hear you, but, but I there's think. There's nothing wrong with going to the NFC divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah, but I think that teams, the goal is to try and be a, um, I, I don't think you're doing that with uh, with a running back on a second contract. Are you doing uh, it with Daniel Jones? I, with with more, with a better offensive line and more, um, you know, passing weapons, maybe. Okay, well, that's a different debate, because if the goal is only to win a Super Bowl, then I think it, then I don't think you should have signed Daniel Jones, because. I don't think, I mean, that's the whole nother show because if that's the goal, then you might as well draft the new quarterback every four years until you get Patrick Mahomes. Because I don't think you have a, think you have a good quarterback. He's not one of the 10 best in the NFL. So I don't know how you win in the Super Bowl. Well, right now, with uh, when you have the era of quarterbacks that we have um, with guys like Mahomes and, uh, and Burrow, um, 
you know, it'd be interesting to see how many other teams are winning Super Bowls for a while um, yeah, there exactly. in general. But all right, Ryan Dunleavy, uh, Dunleavy from New York Post. Appreciate the time. We'll see what happens. Hey, give me a prediction. So it sounds like you're saying 80 percent um, Giants and Saquon don't get it done. That's what you're saying? Yeah, I don't think he'll get it done. I think he'll play on the. I think he'll, you know, be forced to play on the tag. See in September, shows up week one, uh, and you know they they try to make the best of it at that point. You think week one show up um, or uh, yeah? As I said, he and there's no way he's showing up for for training camp, but um, zero zero. Okay, chance. so he'll show up the week before the season. They'll hand him the uh, week well, one maybe playbook. It's two weeks before the season. Okay. Certainly not anything that involves tackling practice or preseason games or any whenever that stuff is over yep makes so. sense all right um we didn't even get to aaron Rodgers or deandre Hopkins. i know that's, that's true i i meant i is, meant right? to get to well actually so you wrote another article so real quick then on the jets is um for is it i just saw it online so it's probably for monday's post i assume but you wrote an interesting story on um, Aaron Rodgers and hand signals. And so as the Jets are actually heading to training camp this week, um, tell me, what are some of the things you're going to be looking for out of the Jets? And uh, and is hand signals, is that one of those things? Yeah, I'll be there for the first five practices. Hand signals is on the list. I'll get to that in a sec. But sure, certainly the Makai Becton left tackle battle. If Brees Hall is on the field, because if he's not – uh, like, obviously, he's not going to be in drills, but, like, what's he doing? Is he running? Is he doing anything? How close is he to looking healthy? Um, but, yeah, the hand signals thing, which, yes, it's in Monday's post. I appreciate you mentioning it. It's a huge part of Aaron Rodgers' game. Anybody who's watched him play knows he's always patting his arm. If you saw the last play against the Giants last year, he did it. Giants read it and got an – Xavier McKinney got a batted pass to, like, seal the win. Uh, it was a huge problem as the athletic details last year for the Packers' young receivers. Well, the Jets have veteran receivers, so they should be able to pick up on it. He does a lot of play calling, audibling at the line of scrimmage, and it's very complex. And the Jets' receivers are—I think they said they did about 10% of it in the spring, so they have 90% to learn in <laughs> training camp. So I think that'll be a fascinating thing to keep an eye on. All right. Um... Keep it tuned uh, to Ryan Dunleavy. Good stuff out of the New York Post, and uh, we'll see what happens at 4 o'clock today. Um, thanks so much for the time, Ryan. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate the running back today, <laughs> We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.